podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome to the Fatback Four. I am Gav, and with me I have Shawnee, Keith, and Matt. Um, we're going loads and loads to talk about tonight. Liverpool, obviously nine, um, Bournemouth nil, being top of the agenda. We're going to look through some players from yesterday because uh, Chris and Kev done a great job in the post match last night, going through all the goals and stuff. So we want to talk about Liverpool overall. Um, some players in there. We want to talk about the search for a midfielder that is ongoing, and we look forward to Newcastle away or sorry at home on Wednesday night. Shawnee, how's your weekend been? Good, yeah, yeah, yeah. quite enough. Not uh, a good weekend of football again. Uh, watched an awful lot of it. So yeah, and were you in the event yeah, again? Free drink. Yeah, that was a bit mad, alright. Yeah. yeah. Um, what happened? Yeah, so there was a NCAA game on here yesterday. Uh, then the Nebraska Cornhuskers goes against the Northwestern Wildcats in the Aviva. And uh, anyone who was like, I, I'm into NFL. I'm into American football. I watch quite a lot. I even watch a bit of the college football as well. So whenever the game comes over, I tend to go. And went yesterday, and I think it was the first day that they've ever trialed the. Uh, cashless experience at the Aviva Stadium and lo and behold the internet went out and they didn't have they didn't have the facilities to take cash so yeah. they were literally handing away drink and food for free so uh, yeah fucking people made pigs of themselves but to be honest with you I don't know if you've seen videos it really added to the atmosphere because everyone in the stadium was absolutely fucking bladdered. I seen four day and four all drinking points and all. So yeah, it was a brilliant day. Oh, so when it the internet went down and they were giving out free drink, it was for everyone, like man, woman, and child. It was just like whoever wanted something could have it. I, I, there was stewards and all having points. So I, there was just, <laughs> everyone was just drinking, but um, now like, and I wouldn't mind when I planned. To go, I was like, nah, I'm going to take it easy here. I had mm. a couple of Guinness before. Mm-hmm. And then we went in and one of the lads came back and he literally had the, now like the little cups where you hold four. He had yes. he had about three of them, he two of them in each hand and one coin hanging there. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? He goes, it's free. I goes, what do you mean it's free? He was like, <laughs> the machines not, like none of the machines are working. They're just handing out drink. Well. So, it, it was just flowing the whole time. But, so 50-odd uh, thousand people there for free drink. Yeah, there's actually a video going around of them stacking like a glass snake. Did you see it? Yeah, I've and seen it. It's, it's going literally from the bottom tier to the middle tier stand. Yeah. And they were still adding to it. But uh, no, it was fucking great. And the best part of the belt was all the American cars, like, they they lapped it up. They all travelled. They travelled in a thousand fairness. They, they fucking... They, I, I couldn't believe how passionate these people are about like college football. Like it's, it's not even considered professional, um, and how dedicated they are. 
and they thought it was the best thing ever. Or these people just making absolutely pigs out of themselves. <laughs> yeah. We had some uh, some American lad about sixty in front of us chugging Guinness and I swear to God he was puking into his wife's handbag and all after he was in <laughs> Great day. I'd say uh, day there's a few saw heads around the city this morning, I'd yeah. say. I'd say um I'd say Karen in, the, in three is getting customer service in three are getting it this morning. It was ever providing <laughs> the internet anyway. Uh Keith, how was your weekend? Yeah, it was great, Gav. Um I don't know if you heard Liverpool won nine nil at the weekend. Yeah. I missed the whole lot of it. I was down in Clara Larda with the kids, you know, down. Is that in still going? Low. It is still going, yeah. Wow. Cracking day, but um poxy internet, so similar to the Aviva. And the place was packed, right? And we were there with a group of people. It was like a the summer project thing for the flats, all the kids out of flats went. So we went down and you're just seeing people shouting over if you saw a Liverpool top, two nil. 2 nil. Right. no one could get reception so people were ringing in next thing 4 nil, 7 nil, 9 nil. the one game we miss yeah. a stack of goals and couldn't even get the updates when they were coming up checking for me fantasy team 9 yeah. nil. Mo Salah doesn't scratch himself I let <laughs> yeah, my son we that. I, know, I let my son control the team and mm. um, the two we was adamant on I explained about triple captain he yeah. had this one penciled in for Mo Salah, triple captain. Yeah. Scuttery nine points he got us. Yeah. But the one player he won't take out of the team, Koi Havertz. He has this thing for Koi Havertz. Now, I like Koi Havertz, so yeah. he sort of gets it from me. He's in my team up front. He's fucking brutal. He's, he's, the max he's got us is two points one week. Good and he won't that, take him out. On the, on the one point. And I'm like, yeah. we'll take him out now. We'll be able to put, no, no, he's staying in. His, right. his value dropped down from 8 million to 7.9. I said, yeah, we'll just cut our losses on him. No, no, we'll keep him. He'll come good. So I'm <laughs> he's stuck with that hill, is he? now. He is, yeah. I yeah. like his commitment to okay. us. So, uh, Fair play. Bad, bad week in the... Bad week in the uh, fantasy for me, right. in the football world for me. Yeah, uh, Ma, how was your weekend? It was pretty good. I had uh, my wife and I had our uh, two nephews and niece over for a sleepover, so I could make the boys watch their first Liverpool game. Now that I got them both authentic Mo Salah jerseys from my two trips to Anfield, so uh, then I had to explain to them that this is not a normal game. Because they're like, this is just like FIFA. Like, they just get the ball and run straight into the net and score. Like, no, you know, normally. FIFA, amateur. amateur. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They're they're just just little. They're like five and seven. So they're playing on, like, beginner difficulty. So I'm trying to play with them. Like, oh, this is just not fun. You can just get the ball with Allison and just run straight up the field and score. That's pretty much what their first real Liverpool game was like. Like, no, 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 no. So I'm not sure whether the curse was me being there these kids not watching or I'm starting to think it's Keith's fault. So I should be allowed back into the country and Keith has to go somewhere with spotty internet reception. So, yeah, but it's all good. I'm uh, having my first uh, Guinness since I've been back in country and it is the most disappointing pint of Guinness I've ever <laughs> yeah. had. But that's what happened. Canadian you Guinness two weeks is in Dublin. Now. <laughs> wandering around Dublin. Like, listen, you went to the grave diggers and you drank Guinness. There's not like, there's no Amazing. point to drinking Guinness when you went home. There's like, there's just none. Yeah. Um, but I'm delighted <laughs> at the fact that there's two kids now in Canada walking around going, do you know Liverpool win nine, whip, nine nil every week? Um, so, Wednesday. Could well, they're be, all, could be they're all man as a Spurs fan. They're old man as a Spurs fan. So I really had to make sure I got to him before he could poison their minds with Spurs fandom. So okay, well, um, best of luck um, for the rest of the season with those two, especially when Liverpool don't score nine, and they're asking you why. Yeah. Um, but let's get on to it. Um, Liverpool did beat Bournemouth nine goals to nil yesterday. Um, you know. It, they were very, very good from start to finish. I, I want to throw it out there. I thought Barmot were appalling. 
Um, really, really bad. No answers to what Liverpool wanted to do. If Liverpool wanted to do it quick, they didn't. If Liverpool slowed it down and passed, Barmer didn't know what to do. Um, they were really, really poor. Um, I want to say that. But at the same time, and Keith, I'll come to you first, there was a massive change in tempo yesterday, right? Um, you know, we've seen in the first couple of games Liverpool, when they're pressed, they, they weren't doing it, you know, setting up chances, they weren't great, they weren't... But yesterday, Keith, for minute one, Liverpool came out and went, no, enough's enough. Three games in, not good enough. This is where we start. And they just obliterated Bournemouth from start to finish. They did. Do I think Bournemouth were appalling? I think they were the unlucky victims um, in the sense that after what happened on Monday night and the shit that we've had to go through and, and the sort of... The, neg- the negativity around Liverpool, around Klopp, around this team, around these players, around Van Dijk, around Trent, you know, around everybody. I think the next team up at Anfield was going to be a tough one. And the fact that it was Bournemouth and the fact that they've been, say, poor enough, you know what I mean, to, to start the season, they don't really have the quality. They were always going to be up against that. And I think the fact that Liverpool scored so quickly, that just absolute the arse dropped out of them over that. And you could see it in their play. They weren't allowed to play. I think their plan was obviously get to 10 minutes, get to 20, you know, and doing it in blocks to yeah. see what they could do. And they couldn't get it. You know what I mean? They couldn't get the five minutes. And it was just, as I say, unfortunate for them, but it was needed by Liverpool. And you're right, the tempo was different. They were on the neck. Because, look, we all know this thing about going 1-0 behind and being slow and turgid start the games there's, there's no denying it we, we've all seen it um, yesterday wasn't it uh, it was Liverpool getting stuck in from the very start it was playing at a much higher tempo and I think it comes down to the fact that these are world class elite players and for whatever reason they haven't been maybe they've been smelling themselves so far this season maybe they've been you know complacent which we haven't seen from them before but I think the build-up to this and everything else, I'd have been more shocked had Bournemouth been able to hold out rather than the fact that Liverpool went at them from the very start. Um, I just think it was it was always on the cards. And when you have these players in and you look at the... It was one change, wasn't it, from mm-hmm. United? It was Milner out, Fabinho in. And you're like, all right, well, that's not going to make us an attacking force, do you know what I mean, compared to Monday night. But the whole tempo, the whole team was different. The attitude was different. The application was different. The dedication, the hard work, the teamwork. And it just started from minute one. And, you know, it's 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 something that's good to see because Klopp goes through stages. The development of Liverpool goes through stages. And, and when he comes in, it was all the high pressing, you know, and they're really going at teams. And you score four, we'll score five the heavy metal football and all. And then it, it changes over the years and, and it becomes more controlled to the point now that it's it's no control against these teams. And yes, they just showed that, look, fast start, get out and get at them. And we really, really hurt them. And, and again, I can't see, you know, I, I agree to an extent that Bournemouth were appalling, but I don't think they had a choice. I think they were just the, the lambs to the slaughter yesterday. Yeah, I think the reason I say they were appalling is because they didn't seem to react to anything Liverpool were doing. No. And what I mean by that is, if you go down 1-0 after 3, you go down 2-0 after 6, yeah. just just make it stop. You know, yeah. go 5 at the back, put 4 across midfield, put 1 up front and just make it tight. But they didn't. They just sat and yeah. like literally 
play dumb, you know, and yeah. got absolutely their arse handed to them. I don't think they have the minerals, but you know what I mean? When you look at their squad, I don't know if they, they have They're that. They're killed up front. Them. Yeah. They're killed up front because of lack of pace. So they can't yeah. hit channels at the horse. Shawnee, um, I was talking to someone uh, yesterday even and talking about the game and they're saying, yeah, it's good, it was great, blah, blah, blah. But the, this person reckoned that this was definite, This was always coming yesterday off the back of Klopp's comments um, when the Community Shield was coming up and he was he was going on about the, the, the season for him starting two weeks early um, and kind of mess with his schedule and stuff like that. And he felt that watching Liverpool in the first couple of games, they're usually out the traps quick at the start of a season. But you could see there was kind of a little bit lethargic for him and this was always going to click at some stage and he felt that this was the this was the real start of the season for Liverpool yesterday. Would you agree? Yeah, but at the same time, like I've I've kind of looked into some of the stuff Klopp was saying uh after the United game and uh I think Van Dyke as well come out saying that they they kinda had like a little sit down and had a look at what's going to happen in the, the three games gone by and I think the game we were really poor against Fulham and then the first twenty minutes of the Palace game wasn't too dissimilar to how we started yesterday. Yeah. We just don't take <coughs> chances and you get hit and suck punch and we just shamed to lose all our steam. So to say that was coming I don't know. I think like still a coin fucking kind of couple of things that bug me after yesterday, but I'm not going to get into it because it's kinda it's pointless to, to look way like look at the way that the, the league is shaping up already. People are getting carried away with the same results. Look, Liverpool were just showing yesterday that, look, listen, we can still fucking do it if we have to. And they did. They turned up nearly every shot we took went in. And we we, we do that to someone every year. We've we've handed out a few hoidings. And the, we, went, we went away to Palace and kind of similar thing where just fucking everything you did went in. But there was an element to kind of, okay, we need to uh, kind of get our fingers out here. But... Um, it was coming, but it's only three points for a win. Mm. Nine nil, I think they look back now and think maybe we can grow. Um, the the thing that stood out to me was there's players who had been letting us down in previous weeks that kind of really upped it. That was the best I've seen Robertson in a while. Yeah, and the biggest change for me was you said there was only one change in the game, and it was Fabinho for Milner. And you don't think that'd help us attacking. I actually disagree because Fabinho on it is nearly as important to never when never when Bobby was on it years ago when he were like, Look, if Bobby's on it, we're gonna win. And and it was always the case. If Fabinho showed up, we were like, Yeah, we'll win this game. And I think Fabinho is now in that space where you're like if he turns up and plays to his abilities, then not many teams are gonna live with us because I thought his his game dramatically changed us going forward in terms of tempo and constant pressure against opposition sides and not playing it safe and doing the clipped ball into the channel and getting it into the strikers feet quick and and allowing the likes of Elliot and Hendo to run off him. He was back to his very best yesterday. And Fabinho is he's very much a disruptor as a player there's a defensive midfielder but He's, I think he's the biggest enabler in this squad in terms of when he's on it. Um, we, we, Liverpool played like Liverpool. 
And I think that was what he doesn't play obviously against you know the big the big thing about he was fucking atrocious away at Fulham. He gets hooked and he was shocking at Palace where it just looked like it was all too slow to him and too safe. And when Fabinho starts taking risks, we look much better. And I don't think that's a surprise. Um, because I seen a compilation video of him yesterday and it was like, right, he's back back to being the best player. And I think that's going to be a key thing in this title race this year because I don't think it's over. I don't think many people think it's over. But for me, City look really good when Rodri ticks. And Liverpool look really good when Fabinho ticks. And I look across all the other sides. I'm looking at Holberg, uh, Bentecourt, Jorginho at Chelsea. United have signed Casemiro. I don't think any of them are on the level of Rodri and Fabinho. And I think in teams like this, with systems that we play, where it's it's not like it's fucking risk-adverse football, it's all caught. And they take risks. Liverpool and City take risks. You're seeing City getting caught twice yesterday. When Fabinho's on it, if Fabinho can stay on it, we'll be hard bet because I just think he's such a difference maker to the tempo. Like you said, Cav, tempo was was a big thing. And we took our chances and we had a little bit of luck as well, which we hadn't been having. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it's been scruffy around the box for us this season. There's times where Mao has been far too, way, way too far away in the goal, but just look at the way it was going in yesterday. Like Bobby's force assists, you know, fuck all about it. Let's be honest, it's a terrible touch, and Elliot just wraps it in the corner. The second assist, and, the assist, the fourth one as well. Sorry, the second one, yeah. Like he, some of them, like, and that's just kind of what we needed, Cal. We needed a little bit of a jolt. We need, you need a little bit of luck, a little kickstart, and I think we've got that now. And maybe a few players need to be dropped. I just wish fucking Calvin Ramsey was was fit because I wouldn't have Trent near the team because he fucking annoyed me again yesterday with a stupid fucking celebration like putting his hands up going oh, yeah. yeah well you've been defending like that you fucking arsehole and you let us down in big game so I, he's still he he's he's the main culprit I know you know as much as anyone Gav I fucking love Trent but smelling himself more than anyone and that poxy celebration putting your arms up like oh. Look, I don't know. I'm ready to go. No, yeah, no. Because you're a fucking. You've been a disgrace. You've been a disgrace for since the start of the season, and you want to get your fucking finger out because there's wingers all over the country dying to roast you because you know you're fucking. You're prime beef at the moment. It's simple as that. So that that kind of watching the game back yesterday and kind of going, you shouldn't even be celebrating like that. You should put your fucking head down because you've been shocking. You and that sounds like. That's no, 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 like I, I seen that celebration oh, yesterday and I went... No, it sounds like an adversely negative thing, Gab, but it's not. It just kind of fucking pisses me off, do you know that? Because you, you can't just turn up and go, oh, look, I'm going to bang one in here and throw the yards. And then 15 minutes into a away game at United, let your marker walk off you yeah. and give up. And then you just you score a bang out the week later and you're throwing your hands up going, look at me, yeah. I'm fucking... Nah, give it a fucking rest. So, honestly... That that kind of annoyed me. What watching the game yesterday and seeing that I'm kind of going the fucking cheeky who you can't. And I hope someone pulled them on it as well because I just think I think um, it that got on me wick more than the short. And we won't fucking annoy Neil yesterday, and that was annoying me. <laughs> going, who like who the fuck? Did I'm being, I'm being honest. I'm like being it? honest, Johnny. I seen that celebration yesterday, and I went, mm, he'd probably be better off just kind of giving a big fist to the crowd. And turn yeah, around. And yeah. No, I can see it. And, yeah. and, and there's loads in the chat are saying are agreeing with you. And listen, 
there's no problem having that point of view because like uh, on this channel you can have a point of view and you're not going to nail your color to that mask forever you you know it's mm. it's a point of view of something that happened yesterday whereas if you put that on social media shawnee and um, it'd be like shawnee hates trent alexander arnold for it no i don't you know I no mean, i know you no, don't you I love him you absolutely love him as a player you've described him as generational you've described yeah, him i as, love him you, you've I ran out of superlatives for him but yeah i, I kind of see where you're coming from but you're dead yeah, right no, what I, you said shawnee i agree with everything you've said there sorry for cutting in there he's been diabolical this season and he gets a pair like yesterday and goes on like you know yeah what are you all moaning about mm. you're dead right just fucking get on with it fist to yeah, the crowd like, let's do what i agree with you I think I think fucking uh, like just sometimes just need time on the bench. Like football is much like what I suppose like in, in football sometimes just tactics go out the window and like bombing yesterday. Sometimes you just have to fucking fight and I don't see that in him. You know, like that that and that annoyed me yesterday as if to say, Oh, it's all good now, like you know what I mean? It just I what age is Trent? 23, 24? 23, I think, is he? It's gonna be t- it's gonna be difficult for him to get up because he's done it all, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of I'm not I'm not questioning it. Do you know what I will? Because last week at <laughs> okay. Monday was one of the first times where I questioned some of the players hunger, like Van Dyke as well, like throwing his ass. And even him coming out after the game talking shit about midfielders, just shut your fucking mouth and get on with it. <laughs> Just like that, like where are you? We're five points out where we need to be already now, and you're going around now because of fucking and everyone gets on Milner and all. That's why fucking Milner was given year extensions because when fuckers like Van Dyke and Trent start smelling themselves, he's getting into them. I watched them, you know, I watched them, you know, yesterday, and I was bullying, saying, "How the fuck do we get bullied by this? Bullied, yeah. bullied." Yeah, I know, um, and it's just I loads. just think. I think Trent does get he gets the raw end in terms of sometimes going on about his defence I don't mind the fella being out of position defensively but being fucking lazy is a different thing yeah. and then throwing your hands up down like a God's gift after a fucking a goal to go far nil up I, I want to see more of him I do because I have a feeling um, it won't be the last kind of rick we see from him this season because it's just when the chips are down he just fucking folded last week and then he turned around going oh it's all good now we celebration get the fuck anyway um, Shawnee had a great weekend and it was nearly ruined by Trent Alexander Arnold so there you go Courtney Neary says Trent still had some moments in the game uh, where it felt like he wasn't fully back a lot better than what than what he's been performing lately but I agree it was a bit moody of most people in there are agreeing with you Shawnee in fairness um, Courtney Neary of course check out her match day vlogs she goes to Anfield most games and her vlogs are really good on YouTube um, Ma um, do you hate Trent Alexander as much as Shawnee does? No, I don't agree with Shawnee. I don't think we should sell Trent Alexander Arnold before the window <laughs> slam shut. Next week. I think that's a ridiculous opinion. Clip that up, and I'm willing to stand by that shout on on social media. You can put that out for me. I don't okay. think we should sell Trent. Um, I don't read that much into it. I I mean, what do you do after you score a goal like that? It was a great goal. You know, should he put his head down and, you know, apologize because he used to play for, like, act like one of those, oh, sorry for scoring. Like, I don't know. It's just a celebration. Who gives you shit? Um, But going back to the talk about Fabinho, it was one of the things, just kind of looking through some of the stats from the game come in preparation for tonight, of Fabinho was dangerous. Like what Shawnee said, when when Fabinho takes risks, and it also happens when we have Matip to bring the ball out of defense, because at that Palace game, I didn't think Fabinho was bad. He was partially at fault for the goal, 
But I thought his distribution from the center was fantastic because Palace loaded up the wings and took away our option to attack with our fullbacks with our triangles on the outside and basically said, you can pass it out from the back and give it to Fabinho and we'll let him make the first pass. And he wasn't risk-taking enough. He wasn't incisive enough with his passing. And yesterday, he was good with his passing. I mean, that the lob he puts over the top for Mo, we've seen him make that pass a couple of times before in the past. Don't know how Mo missed that. But it uh, to me, it came down to there was a seemed like a slight tweak in the formation. I think that was pretty obvious. If you look at the average positioning, Bobby Firmino was 10, 15 yards further forward than he was in either of the other two games that he played. Uh Trent got further forward on the field than Robertson. Gomez was actually further forward on the field over the course of the game than Van Dyke was. So that seems more like a switch to Virgil holding the last line as opposed to having it fall on Joe Gomez's shoulders. Uh, when Harvey Elliott plays, it completely changes our midfield. If you look at the, the position map for the game that had uh, Fabinho, Milner, Henderson, I believe was the midfield, they're all clustered around the center circle. And if you look at Harvey... Uh, Elliot's position he's so far forward and Luis Diaz came much further inside in this game he was probably 10-15 yards further inside on average than he was in any of the other games we played this season and to me that helps alleviate the problem of him and Robertson tripping over each other's feet that we've seen a lot on that left side of Diaz wanting to get the chalk on his boots and Robertson still wanting to overlap behind him they seem to be running into each other Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And then you couple that with the fact that we didn't have the sloppiest passing that you'd ever seen from, you know, a Liverpool midfield in our fullbacks. Those first three games, we couldn't string passes together to save our lives. So many easy turnovers in the midfield, and then all the pressure was on because we're loaded up out on the wings, and all of a sudden we turn the ball over with the pass into the middle of the park, and they're breaking on Fabinho in our center halves immediately. That didn't happen yesterday. Yesterday our passing was crisp, precise. We hit our marks. They never got a foothold in the game, and they I, I, after that, they didn't stand a chance because something was built up inside of these guys. You know, they could have taken the foot off the gas at halftime, and they clearly didn't. Towards the end, they were definitely trying to score that 10th goal, you know. Mo would have been desperate. Oh, well, everyone was desperate for Mo, but he just didn't feel like it, no matter what he'd done from him. Fairness, let's talk about a couple of players. Um, I want to start off with uh, Bobby Firmino. Um, and... Shani, I'll come to you first on this one. There's an awful lot of talk around Bobby Firmino, and I think, you know, it's fair to say he hasn't been in the best form for Liverpool in the last while. I think that was his first goal to Anfield since 2020. Um, I heard in the commentary yesterday, I don't know how true that is. Yeah? Um, his first goals it might be league, might be league, but I heard in commentary yesterday, um, it was his first wow. goals, first league, maybe league goals, um, for Liverpool or Anfield since 2020, right? But what Matt says is huge, isn't it, Shawnee? His position on the pitch. He wasn't coming mad deep. He didn't come into the centre circle and look for things. He literally played from the top of that centre circle to the edge of their box and went wherever he felt like it and made things tick. And I'm not saying Bobby can do that for 30, 40 games on the trot and come out as your player of the year. 
But that's what you're looking for from Firmino, Shawnee. You're looking for him to come in. Nunes will be back next weekend. We all don't think, he, well, I think he might start a derby, but a lot of people don't. But when he's playing, Bobby, or when he needs to play instead of Jota, that's where you want him, Shawnee. There's no point in him being that deep. He has two assists yesterday. He has two goals. You know, it was just brilliant from him. Yeah, it was vintage. It was like vintage, Bobby. Um, and I actually thought, I thought he was decent against United. I thought he was one of the more, one of the more standout performers against United. And like, when when Bobby plays well, we tend to play well. Um, he's just he's one of them players. Uh, I don't I don't even think his pressing was his usual self yesterday. But I thought he was brilliant with the ball um, at bringing players in. Uh, and it worked really well. He took his calls well. Um, he's alert for his first one and the second one again. He just happens to be there in the right place, at the right time. But Bobby's link play is really what makes him a uh, special. And I think he's going to be a useful player between now and the end of the season because if he's used sparingly and used correctly, um, he's kept ticking over. I think he'll do well for us. Um, he's been in and out of the team. He's struggled with injury a little bit, and uh, there was games where. He didn't look himself at all, and he kind of like look. He was poor against Fulham, but look, there's no doubt in the quality that Bobby has. I think he's a year left on his deal. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad against keeping him on. To be honest with you, I, I would, I would keep him on if the, if the if the the opportunity arose. I've always loved Bobby, but he's seen yesterday what he can do against sides like Bournemouth at home. Where I know it's not saying much because they fucking the game was over after ten minutes, but. There is going to be games this season where you might need to throw Bobby in there just to disrupt and unlock them a little bit because that's what he does when he's doing best. Like, there's no point on dropping in 10 yards and not occupying centre-halves. Bobby's at his best when he's in and around the edge of the box, creating chaos, creating space for the likes of Salah and Diaz to move into. And I just felt that um, his all-round link play was brilliant and a showed and. That's a real like that's a capping performance for him as well, and there's a hundred goals for Liverpool. Bobby's in the category of players that don't owe his club anything at all. I was um, reading. I was reading yesterday. He's been Salam- absolutely Salamani for you know, you know you can continue on now, but Salamani can for me you know, um, three hundred and eighty goals for Liverpool between them. Yeah, it's amazing, Gavin. Like that's it. That era has like it's gone now, kind of just before our eyes. Everyone now we're but. There's flashes now that something new might be happening. I was Bobby was brilliant yesterday, but I've been Diaz's biggest critic at times in terms of his output and his all-round game. But he really looks like he's starting to learn his role in this Liverpool team with the positions he's popping up in. So, look, the hyperbole on social media is fucking mad. They're all going on about we're not the same without Mane, this, that, and the other. Yesterday just proved that this team was fucking well capable of turning up and just severing teams when when needs be. Um, and with Darwin to come back, who is I know there's been I've been critical of Darwin, but I think he's gonna slap goals now. And what I've seen, uh, Diaz getting it, and Mao's still yet to get going. So if you have Bobby in there, we've jotted the comeback. Go- goals is not gonna be a problem for this Liverpool team. I don't think going forward. Mm. Um, and I, so, I reckon yeah. there could be a few more of them results this year. Now, maybe not a 9 nil, but a few 14 15 nils, maybe. <laughs> <down the> line, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're out of 13 nil, aren't we, after Monday? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're still out uh, of 14 nil. Yeah, yeah we have receipts. 
Um, Matt, um, Bejan says said something there a few minutes ago. He said he was too deep against Manchester United. And I think it is actually something as simple as that because when Firmino go, comes into that area where centre-backs don't, even when they're playing a three, where do you go? Do I go with them or do I not? And it's usually between the box and the mid and the, and the edge of the centre center circle. Centre-backs don't know whether to go or pass them on. And that causes confusion and that allows what used to be Mane and Salah and now is Salah, Diaz or whoever to get inside and hurt teams when they're unsure, okay? When he goes that deep against Manchester United, they're definitely passing them on and going, listen, he'll get caught up in there somewhere, someone will put a foot in on him and we're still nice and solid at the back. What you're seeing yesterday was he stayed in that zone where the uncertainty was there, but the two lads were much more in, like, you know, much narrower and looking to hurt teams that showed any uncertainty. And, and that was the huge thing for, for me with Firmino yesterday. Yeah, his average position for the United game comes out to being exactly on top of where Milner's average position for the game is, on the edge of the center circle. Yeah. And for yesterday's game, like it's significantly, like maybe 15, 20 yards further forward. And that, to me, is probably an instruction to go with the way the team's going to function when Darwin's leading the line, because his positioning for the few minutes he was on against Crystal Palace is even further forward of Salah, who's normally the furthest forward on the pitch. So. I think the team is being geared tactically to play with that spearhead of having instead of the furthest player forward be your right winger, of having it be your center forward. And I think that's why it worked quite well because it's a big change from what we're used to seeing Bobby do, that dropping really deep, coming in, making that fourth midfielder and facilitating from there. And to see him taking it forward and running, it's it's a good sign because it freed up, especially Diaz yesterday. I mean, he was free to dance all over the park. Like how many times he took the ball and went left wing to right wing cutting straight horizontal across the middle of the pitch and just opening up different passing lanes and opportunities. And Trent being furthest one forward, playing as a number nine in just random points in the game, you look and who's furthest forward? It's Trent, you know, making a run into their box past their center backs. But that comes from having that center forward, like you said, that's actually able to engage the center halves. Because if they can just let you sit there, that bank of four is still waiting for you. So Bobby engaging them by being that extra 15, 20 yards further forward and being more attacking and aggressive, it takes at least one, if not both of their center halves and forces them to make an action. And as soon as they can make an action, we can make a reaction off of that. And that's how you get openings and get past your man and create passing lanes. He has, like Sean, he said, he has a year left on his deal, Keith. And, you know, as much as people like to, show that he's finished and this that and you kind of go a bit over the top um you, kind of yesterday is in the game you know he plays really well but you kind of you're not going to go oh bobby's back because it's a small sample size so you kind of have to keep it measured but he can still play an important part can't he even if it's not st- starting because you will have nunez you should have jota back um very very soon so he's going to be vying i think for that center position with those two um but he can still play a big part, can't he, Keith? When we need something different or we need or we need just someone to hold the ball, he showed yesterday that he still has something to offer Liverpool. Very much so. Um, the You know, Bobby hasn't been great for a while. We all know that. I've said before, he's my favourite player of the club here. Not the best, but my favourite. And when Bobby plays well, we play well. Um, I agree sort of with Shawnee about the Man United game. I watched that with Matt, actually. We were having a point watching it and he was coming back he was very deep but that's because there was nothing else happening and he was trying to make things happen but when he was getting the ball he was trying to shift it out quickly you know so he was still trying to do the right thing but he just couldn't affect it 
that's down to the rest of the team being absolutely pony as well. That wasn't just on Bobby, even though he's the scapegoat for it. But yesterday we saw a difference. We saw, as it was all already said, his starting position and his the positions he's taken up was much higher up the field. But the, I think what the the biggest thing Matt touched on how it freed up Diaz, and I think a hundred percent that's the the point. What we saw with Luis Diaz was when he was wide. Now he did play inside a lot, but he's when he was doing wide, Diaz, and I have Diaz on my sheet here. We well, this isn't on. about Diaz, so I'll skip over him, but it's about he's part of this. It's more about okay. Bobby. But you saw on with Diaz, he had someone to link up with when Bobby was there because he was drifting into that sort of channel. So on the chance where Mo Salah hit one from half a fucking centimetre out here over the bar, you saw that Diaz is cutting in into Bobby, through to Harvey, and they're cutting teams open because Bobby takes up them little positions. You know, it's not centrally, it's not wide, it's in them little pockets. And I think that's where he can do damage. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I think Klopp said, did Klopp say recently that he would have looked to sort of change the formation and allude it to a 4 2 3 1, but we didn't have the players. I wouldn't be surprised against some of the weaker teams in at home if we see Liverpool doing that. And you might see. You know, Bobby and Darwin or Bobby and Jotty. You know, Bobby playing in a role where it's nearly a free role to float, <clears throat> float in around there because he can still do damage. Something is two goals. I, I don't know what Sean, he's touched on it there. His positioning on them was brilliant. And that's not something that you usually get with Bobby because he usually drops a bit too deep. But he was poaching yesterday as well. And that was great to see. It was, it was a vintage performance. It was a throwback. It's not a... Bobby is back moment or anything like that, but it was just a nice reminder. Would I give him a new deal? Yeah, probably would. Yeah, roll him one year contracts, keep him around the place. He can do a job for you. He knows what's required. Um, but you know, we're not going to base that just on one game against the poor bomb at Soy yesterday. Mm. Ma Harvey Elliott gets his first league over Liverpool yesterday. Um, mm. it was quite emotional after. Um, it was quite emotional after the game and interview as well. But I was delighted for him. For, with the goal because I think he's been kind of one of the little shining lights for me since the start of the season you know and the responsibility he's taken when he's played and to get that goal yesterday and just whip it into the corner um, it kind of not justifies him being in the team I think it just solidifies the fact that he, he knows he belongs there and, and, and that goal just gives him that extra belief because I think he's grown every time I see him in a, in a Liverpool short yeah, you said one of the shining lights. I, I, he's been the only shining light for me. If you take the, f- the first three games as a whole, the only player that came out of that with their head held up was was Harvey Elliott. He's done nothing but impress me. I, I had big hopes for him coming into the season. I'm glad that at least one of my many predictions I was to make is seems like it's still able to come true. But he's, he's just got that energy, and it's why uh, I know we're going to – do the inevitable midfield talk later. But when people talk about, you know, this person to sign for a midfield, ah, do they have the legs for it? Harvey Elliott's not the fastest guy in the world. But Harvey Elliott is everywhere in that midfield when he's on it. He tracks back extremely well. He pushes really high forward at times. So it's He's so exciting. He's not afraid to take people on. He's almost got a lot of the qualities that we thought we were getting in Naby Keita. He's got absolutely no issues of taking, making somebody miss, making the short pass, and then going and expecting that return, playing that one-two just instinctively. And the the relationship that got started at the start of last season before he picked up his injury, that triangle with Salah and Trent, it's that looks like it could bear a lot of fruit for us. And 
luckily Henderson, I thought, played pretty well as a left center mid because I think it could be Harvey Elliott's position, you know, come the turn of the year. I think Harvey Elliott might be nailed on when you're picking your best 11 for Liverpool. Keith, you know, Fabinho starts at Liverpool most weeks. Um, Thiago, when he comes back, which could be a little while, starts for Liverpool most weeks. Um, and we're talking about signing midfielders and we're talking about this, that and the other, but I think it's I think it's a genuine question at this stage in at this stage is is Harvey Elliott either now or in the very near future putting himself into that midfield where you go, he starts. Yeah. I I think he's there. Like I I think it's crazy that a lot of people will hark for Jude Bellingham at nineteen, having probably never seen him playing, and think that Jude Bellingham is the answer to air midfield woes. When we've got Harvey Elliott there, who's 19, who just needs to be given a chance. You have to trust young players. If they're good enough, the age shouldn't come into it. Now, that's not me doing Joe Bellingham down, by the way. I think Joe Bellingham's brilliant. I watched, I watched a lot of Joe Bellingham. I think he's excellent. Um, but I, I've no problem with Harvey Elliott nailing down that um, right-sided central midfield role because he brings an awful lot to the team Matt touched on it there he's intelligent as well you know he's, he's strong he's hard working intelligent and he adds a goal yesterday a great goal you know must be said a great finish and what more can you ask for you know it's all about development and did, uh, you know people say ah oh, Bellingham is doing it in the Champions League yeah that's fair I'm not saying he's better than Bellingham I'm just saying people will criticise his age but we'll look for other players of similar age to come in so I think you know Harvey Elliott's playing for Fulham since he's 16 as well you know he's really he's really been on that stage for a long time he's not some wet behind the ears kid he went on loan to Blackburn tore up in the championship done really well hard leg you know for young players like that to 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 flourish and he did and he came back and last season looked like he was about to nail down that position as well until that unfortunate injury happened and this year it's been more of the same Matt's right he's been one of if not the only bright light so far this season and I just think it's it's something that we should be happy about and I'm not saying it dictates or we shouldn't buy a midfielder or anything like that but I think the type of midfielder I'm going to talk about in a few minutes but the type of midfielder we have to think of the players we have and the qualities that we already have and then look at what type of player we're we'd look to bring in because him in there gives you a different dimension as we said to what Henderson would do there and look we've all been fans of Henderson on um, on that side you know covering for Trent you, you always said it you know mm-hmm. that when you don't see on telly is when Trent is going forward that it's Henderson that used to tuck in and cover for him and he do all that work and he doesn't get that with Harvey Elliott but what we are getting now with Harvey Elliott, that's probably putting the spotlight more on Trent. But, you know, that's up to Trent to to, to sort of hone his, I wouldn't say weaknesses up, but his, his uh, areas that need to strengthen. You know, he, if, if it's Harvey Elliott is the man to play there. And Trent it's, needs it's, to probably up, up. it's probably up to Klopp and his coaching staff to say, yeah. Yeah, if, no. you're put, if you're putting Elliott in there and Trent's going to be that far forward, we need to... We need to cover it better we need to do that but Bejan says Gabby started last season before the break he did but I think at the start of last season he started I think Henderson might have been injured off the back of the Euros and he was in there But and then you were kind of going will Hendel come back now everyone's kind of around I know there's people unfit but now when you look at it I think he's close to I think he might be close to going he starts Johnny yeah lads he's 
look, he's fucking brilliant. No doubt about it. He's been been the standout player, but if you're good enough, you're old enough. Yeah, that's all go well and good now. But he still needs to be treated like a nineteen year old because he, he he won't be able to play thirty games this season, thirty one games, thirty two games. He won't be able to start every game for Liverpool. Yeah. He's a kid, he's still a kid, still very much a kid. That's why he's, he's still developing. And I wouldn't see it as a reason not to bring one in. The good thing is that we do have someone who's actually very similar to him in Carvalho on the bench to come in in games and you could see those two kind of switching. And even I think that that might be a change of system will even suit the likes of Elliot and Carvalho even better. But the thing that's impressed me more about Elliot this year, more so than his start that he had last year, is he seems to be way, way more aware now of what's going on behind him during the game. And... He's making those runs. He's making himself a nuisance. Because, look, he's not the most physical. I wouldn't even say he's the quickest player. But he, if you just have to make yourself a nuisance, that was something David Silva was really good at. I'm not going to take the ball off you. But I'm going to make it difficult for you to, to progress. And I just think we need to be very careful with Harvey Elliott because look at the footballers down the years that we've seen from such a young age playing at a very, very top level. And, look, you could you could, you could could lay this on, on Bellingham as well. Um I think that this is one of the things that actually makes Bellingham special. Um, is that like Bellingham is not a nineteen-year-old in terms of physicality when you look at him. Like he plays like a man. Do you get what I'm saying? You look at Harvey Elliott. He's still very much a kid. He's like you look at Carvalho. You see the same. He's still got some development to do in terms of physicality. People hark back to saying, "Well, Messi was big enough." Yeah, well, Messi's a fucking alien. For fuck's sake, like you don't you don't compare anyone to Messi. Like that's just it's silly. So I would manage Elliot because I think the the more careful we are with Elliot in the next two or three seasons, it will stand to us because he'll be a player at twenty two, twenty three, where he was being bled into this team in the correct way and will flourish because he has literally all of the attributes to be world-class. I don't think that's up for debate. So I would be careful with him. And I think Klopp will be careful with him. And I think you're going to see a lot of changes now because we're pretty much into it now, lads. It, it, it's been three, four games into the season now. And you look, it's Saturday, Tuesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Sunday, Wednesday now. Pretty much all the way up until November. Yep. So... Nice. It, it, we, we're going to be we're going to need to be clever here in terms of rotating this squad and managing what we have uh, look it looks like I'd rather have all these injuries now than two or three weeks down the line when and look the chances are some of these lads are still going to be missing um, because that's just how injuries work but like we're not going to be immune from getting more going forward the games will be coming thick and fast and we need to be careful at the moment, you couldn't have Elliot out of this team. Nope. He's been superb. Uh, he seems to have a real relationship with Mao as well. Uh, and Trent, there's like a dynamic there. And you can see that Klopp wasn't willing to upset him because he actually moved Henderson to the left side instead of just probably trying Elliot there. Mm. So, uh, yeah, absolutely fucking brilliant. I think the perfect example of, of managing a, a player of that age is exactly what Pep has done with Phil Foden. Never sent him out on loan. Didn't play him loud. Put him in here in fits and spats. Now, 
Foden is 21 and he's world class. He's ready to kick on now and be a mainstay in the City team. And I think we will get there eventually with uh, with Elliot. I just think it's actually a, a master stroke of having someone like Carvalho around because I, I they're very similar. Would you agree? I think Carvalho is probably quicker. I think Car- Carvalho is probably a little bit quicker, but they are the similar type of player. And I think it's going to be great now to see them kind of mix. So that's why I just all I want us to do now in the next week is. Don't be getting sucked into all the shit you're reading online about the fancy midfielders. I just think we need a functional one. Mm. We do. We need a Sanderberg. We need a Loima. We need someone who's going to be out there playing play the base, deep base, and then play probably on the right side of the night. Forget about all this fantasy shit and all the Neves because he's pinging 60, 70 yard passes and, and shooting from outside the box. Now, are you, are you skipping onto me midfield stuff? No, it's not what I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just, just teasing saying, it, just teasing we, it. That's we, all. we need to be careful. Like we need yeah. to be careful. You, I, you can't turn around and say as Harvey Elliott on the cusp of being nailed on for Liverpool. He shouldn't be because I think it's unfair on the kid to to put such pressure on him. Um, I think, and that's I, think just to, I think it's hard to leave him out on the fourth. Yeah, it is hard season. to leave him out, but he will need to be managed. Mm. He will need to be managed because at the end of the day, he's still a fucking kid, mm. and that's what you need to realize. The game is so physically taxing now. Yeah. I think I think the biggest thing in Ashani might be, you know, there will be times you have to take him out because he's still a kid. But yeah, it's up exactly. to Harvey Elliott to make it very hard for you to take him out because he's putting in those performances every week and he's absolutely all yeah. the data and all. But the, at the, the end of the day, Gab, like he will be assessed after every game. He's taken half oh, a half time yesterday, wasn't he? Yeah. He's taken half a yeah. half time. Yeah. Yeah. So look, he, look, that will he could be putting up ten out of tens at the end of the day. That won't stop him getting fucking tired. My play on adrenaline or, yeah. or be in good form. And I know it's hard to take players out of the team when they're in good form, but it's at the same time, it's really fucking easy to run players like that into the ground. Um and well, play them wide, give them wide. You can manage them. You can manage them as a as a fourth team starter. I know you you said about Phil Foden and Pep maybe held Phil Foden back, but it worked out in the long run. You know, I think people were screaming for Foden more and why isn't he getting more games? I watched Barcelona earlier on. I don't know if anyone was watching it. And Pedri and Gavi were in midfield. And you see them players, they, they're, you know, they're brilliant players, they're brave players. They're very similar to Harvey Elliott. I'm not saying they play the same way, but they've got that sort of, that youth, but it's a fearlessness and it's give me the ball and they're not afraid. And I think you manage players like that if let's say Harvey Elliott was to be the the fourth choice on the the right side of the Liverpool midfield, you'd play him three and then you take him out for two and then you put him back in. Do you know what I mean? Rather than having someone else there and then putting Harvey in for one and four, if you know what I mean. Like, so you manage him that way and that he's still you're building him up to maybe take on that mantle in a similar way that. You know, people say right, Bellingham is a is a bigger frame. Bellingham's a bigger player than than Harvey Elliott. But Pedri and Gavi are smaller players, and they're players that don't have to be playing all the time. But you can see that Barcelona are probably maybe looking to build their future around these players. And I think Liverpool can do something like, like that. And I think the club is very good. In fairness, Pedri played more minutes than any player in Europe two seasons ago, yeah. and he nearly killed the fucking young fella. He yeah. had to take two se- two weeks off to start the season. <laughs> and he could be busted by the time he's 23 with the way they're playing yeah. And that would be my worry. Like, I'd hate to see Elliot miss any extended amount of time this season through injury, because that was the same thing that happened to him last year. 
a fucking freak. It was a freak playing dislocation of his ankle, but I just want him to be managed because I know how good he can be. And there's no point being fucking greedy and to run the kid into the ground. I just, I, I want to see him being managed because I think the sky is the limit for him. And at the same time, it will just benefit him in the long term. He's still 19. Yeah. The fella's still fucking developing, like, you know what I mean? Well, um, listen, I think he's a brilliant future ahead of him. And I think Carvalho the same. To see him come on and get 45 yesterday, he glides around the pitch. Um, he gets a really good goal off of a really nice touch from Simicas. And that'll do huge things for Carvalho as well, in fairness, because, you know, he's had, he's had little appearances and he's looked really bright. Um, he's come close on a couple of occasions. Um, I, I think he's the one that has the shot for Salah's goal at Old Trafford on Monday. Um, yeah. But then to, yesterday, he just bang in the corner. Doesn't even think about it. Doesn't even, you know, a lot of players in front of the cop will go fuck in front of the cop. Do I take a touch? Do I try to set myself? No, just bangs her in the corner. You know, and I think um, I think Carvalho is going to be huge as well. Um, last player before we move on, and you have all touched on him, Luis Diaz, Keith. You know, he comes out during the week and he does an interview and he's saying, like, you know, he's kind of happy with his own form, but he, he feels that, you know, the the team as a whole, himself included, have to do better. We've said he's being too wide and we've, we've thrown that out with Brown Salah as well. And maybe that is something to do with the fact that we're trying to get maybe Nunes in the team where he's central and we're trying to keep these guys wide. But but yesterday, we seen what he was all about. We seen back to last season a little bit, Keith, where, yeah, he's wide and yeah, he'll go at you. But he'll come inside, he'll run across the pitch, he'll get in centrally, he'll you know, he gets a, he gets two headers yesterday and dare I say it, it was a it looked a bit like a Mane performance for me, Keith. And I don't mean to I don't I don't mean to compare him to Mane, I mean the positions he takes up on the pitch, the movements he makes, and the areas he's in when we're looking to be dangerous is very like the way we used to have Sadio Mane do it. Yeah, I agree. I just think it's um maybe not evolution might be a, a strong word for it, but I just think it's adapted into the Premier League <coughs> needs of this team. When we were signing Luis Diaz, the clip that everyone, you know, was shown all over the place was a goal for Porto against Man City when he picks it up on the left and mm-hmm. does the diagonal run across the box and drills it in on the right foot. And we're seeing that, but what we saw in the first few games for me was a player that he has a habit of when he gets the ball wide, he touches it back and the first few games I didn't feel there was anything in front of him and he was going too far back with it and he was having to to come back maybe 10 yards further than he'd like to pop the ball off. Whereas yesterday when he was doing it, he was on the turn and he was driving at them. And as I touched on Bobby for me now earlier, I felt Bobby, it was in positions that was drawing defenders into Bobby, was allowing Robertson to get on the overlap. Robbo had, was much better yesterday than he has been. And I just think Liverpool, people hate to hear it, but I think, being a system player is is a is an insult. Liverpool are the system team. Do you know what I mean? And and if one part of the machine isn't working, it can impact on everyone else. And we just saw that in the first few games. And I felt yesterday we saw an angry, hungry Liverpool, and it reminded me back to his form last year. Now I know Sean you touched on it there. You know he's maybe been critical of him about the numbers. Will he do the numbers? Me and Kev had a chat as well about um, can he do the numbers. I don't think he will he will do the Mane sort of numbers yet, but I think we will see that um that maybe move that he will start picking up more uh, more goals and assists because the two goals he got yesterday were brilliant. Brilliant goals. They're not what you expect from a winger. 
You know what I mean? Two good headers. And he scores a header last season against Brighton, doesn't he? A really brave one when the keeper comes yeah. out and like, cleans him. So he's got that bravery in him, like Mane, like Jota, even like Bobby, you know, the aerial, they, they don't mind getting in on headers. And it was nice to see him getting those type of goals yesterday. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't, his goal against Palace was a worldie. We know that he has a disallowed one against um, Fulham as well. He hits the post, but it's always the same move. It's the cutting back in and, and hitting it. So to see him getting a couple of headers was nice as well. And I just felt he was a nuisance in the game yesterday. And that's what you want to see, a bit of quality and being able to make things happen. I think we will see him developing the goals because he did have a good goal record for Porto. I just think, you know, it might take a long time for him to get used to the physicality of the league. It looks like he doesn't mind getting stuck in and, and fighting and battling, but maybe he's he's doing it more on more defensive side of it than he'd like at the moment. So, look, he was good yesterday. He got two great goals. Happy to see him do it. Be interesting to see how he pushes on from here and develops. But three goals, um, you know... I, me and Kev had this chat the interview I felt was a bit skewed that came out that he had a good he was happy with a start I think when you listen to it he was maybe more alluding to his start at Liverpool more than his three games season this season itself, yeah. yeah and I, I just felt you know three goals he can put his hands up and say right we start from here and we go and if he goes at that rate and he can hit I don't know what's a good number for him in the league 15 to 20 15 goals yeah Has I to. mean I think that'll be good and I think you know, he's, he's got off to a decent enough start. Let's see him. Let's see him push on from there. Ma, um, the big thing yesterday was, you know, a kind of a freedom that he had. You know, not only to be really wide, but as we said, get inside, move inside. You said, I think it was you said earlier, running across the pitch with it. Um, but even even when we see, say, Jota back or we see um, Darwin Nunes back, is it important that Diaz continues to find himself in those central areas? when we have the ball on the right or when we're, when we're looking to get the ball, even if Robertson ends up down the left, right, it's important that Diaz makes his way into the box and, and starts putting himself into more of those positions to score. A hundred percent. And I think he wants to get into those positions. Like to me, watching Luis Diaz since we signed him, he seems to favor going away from goal, like getting the ball with his back to goal, letting, letting somebody try to challenge him and then either beating him with skill or playing a one, two, and then quickly turning and heading 180 degrees the other way and cutting inside on his right foot. Whereas when I think about Sadio Mane, I think about him standing up his fullback and driving him down the line on his left foot. Luis Diaz really doesn't seem to like to try to beat a guy on his left foot. He seems to want to come inside a little bit more. So I think just naturally that instinct for him to come in on his right foot is going to lead him to come into those situations. But I was pleasantly surprised by seeing him pop up with those two headers yesterday because I don't think anybody knew that he had that in his locker you know yep. having a having all of our forwards being able to head the ball with the exception of Mo having all of our forwards being pretty efficient with their heads uh, allows us I mean we've got great fullbacks so we're going to be whipping the ball in but it's interesting to me to see how that evolution is going to come because to me they him and Mane attack the goal in very different angles yeah Mane wanted to go you know straight down on his left but Diaz, he really seems to like to get that ball and just start floating across the middle of the park, and I think it could be real dangerous. Sean, he, he touches on something there, you know, if he goes at this rate, what he could get. You know, all things being equal, and, and you know, we get Nunez back, and we, we, we bring him a fielder in, Mo's, Mo's being okay. Um, you have Bobby there, you've Jota back, Thiago to come back, wherever it might be. 
what should we look for him? Because he's a big money signing, Shawnee. He's replacing the guy that averages 20 goals across all competitions. And probably every season he's been at Liverpool. Is that where we need him to be? That's it, It's just, that's the level we're at. He needs to be hitting 20 goals in all comps. I, I'm not sure because I don't think he was actually, this sounds a bit, I don't think he was, I don't think Diaz was bought to replace Mane, obviously down the line, but I don't think he was brought in to be Sadio Mane, Mark Till, if you get me. Mm-hmm. I think that's why you're looking at the signing of a, a Darwin Nunes, a more focal point. I think they'd be looking for him to be more of a creator than a scorer. And obviously he is going to chip in because he, he is dangerous. I think I think the forward situation is going to frustrate Liverpool fans at times this year. And I think you just have to get used to it because without really knowing it, we're in sort of a transition phase in terms of our attack. Uh, it's not Salamane and Bobby anymore for the big games because Bobby's not the player he was and because Mane is no longer there. So we are looking to try something different. And Nunes is going to bring us that sort of different... a different outlook as, as to playing with a target man, someone who's going to run in behind. Like... You look at Mane when he played through the middle, very comfortable at dropping in, popping the ball off and playing in combinations. Whereas you look at look at Haaland at City, Nunes is going to be very similar to that. Whereas he's on the shoulder, looking to get in behind all the time. And he's picked up some great positions, Nunes. And Diaz has been one of the better performers, I think, even though he has sort of a... He has frustrated at times. But I think when you look at Luis Diaz, I don't think you should take look at Luis Diaz and say he should be doing what Sadio did because I don't think it, it, it is the case. Um, I think Diaz was ultimately brought in to be a provider um, and I think that's what he will be in principle. I think he, he will be a provider to Baltimore and to Nunes. And I even see Mo, but I know Mo was head of the assist last year in the league but I even see Mo probably being more not not an out and out winger but more of a provider as well from his positions where I'm not going to cut back in on my left I'm just going to flash this one across like he did against F- Fulham for, for the goal like Nunes gets two identical chances through Mo doing that so I think the dynamic of our attack is changed I think you need to kind of get out of your head of the, the style of play because I do think it's going to drastically change um, I think there needs to be a little bit of work between Robertson and Diaz in terms of their their relationship their link up because they do seem to be getting in each other's way quite a bit but one thing I noticed yesterday was if you look at the first chance we have out yet the, the one that Mo misses at the back stick look where Harvey Elliott is look who he's getting the ball off Harvey Elliott is literally in position where you would associate Robbo getting on the end of like that overlap and then just getting it off Diaz. And so the dynamic of the, cha- the team is changing. I think the evolution of club side will come along. It's been a, a frustrating start for Nunes for many reasons. We've seen some big glimpses of what he can do and then he obviously has the fucking moment of stupidity. But I'm not worried about Lewis Diaz the way some people were thinking 
look, obviously you want to see him up his numbers a little bit because he's going to need to play in the Liverpool front three. But I think the biggest beneficiary of Luis Diaz being in the Liverpool team is going to be a player like Darren Nunes, who's going to have chances of plenty created by this fella because that's what he, let's be honest, that's what he really, he's really good at. So I'm not worried about the front three at all. I think they'll all click. Mao is Mao. I think Nunes will bang goals. Jotted to come back. He was also a nuisance and provides. Bobby showed yesterday he can still provide. And Luis Diaz now getting more involved in the goal. And to be honest with you, three, go- three goals in four games is not a bad return, if I'm being honest. If he does no. that between now and if he's even half of that between now and the end of the season, yeah. he, he's goal every really two. Well. Goal every two games and he's probably looking at 20 to 25 goals this season. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and there's going to be games where he gets braces. It's going to, because sometimes we just create a full cloud of chances, Cav. Yeah, that's it's just it, it's the way we are. Like, and it, it's going to be on him taking them. Look, some of the goals he scored by Liverpool have been out of nothing. The one against Palace is out of nothing, yeah. and the one that's offside against is Fulham is out of nothing. And he's going to give you them as well. The, the one yesterday pleases me more though, because I know he can call inside. I know he can bend one. You know, I know he has a good strike in him. He's brave when he goes through on goal. But then when Shani, where he's at the back, like he gets a header at the front post, he gets a header at the back post. And as much as I hate to say it, turn into Raheem Sterling a little bit, where you can terrorise people with your pace. But you're, look, Raheem Sterling yesterday, absolute Raheem Sterling goal, tapping in at the back post. Yeah. If he can get that into his game, that's where he puts yeah. the numbers in. That's where he, you know, it, 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 it brings you from 10, 12, to 18, 20. Yeah. I've seen Diaz being... Um, I think he's going to be... like he's a confidence player. There's yeah. no doubt about it. What what I loved about yesterday is you've seen him spinning and doing that little Cruyff turn and, got, and attacking the fullback. I think all too often this season he was getting the ball and going back towards their goal. Mm. Like, just not, not getting turned and not going at... Like, he had fucking Tete booked for 60 minutes at Fulham and never went at him yeah. again. And then... Uh, Klein, like he never has a go at fucking Nathaniel Klein at all all game. And then he gets... Was it the low who got booked? I'm like one of yeah. the low booked is on, is on a, a yellow earlier at Old Trafford, and he just never gets at him. You know what I mean? I think he just needs to, and that'll come. Them two goals would have done him the world of good. And if he lights up now, like fucking forget about it because he's the type of fella who's just gonna wreck the shop if he gets going. Yeah, I think he will. Um, before we go, on, we're gonna we're gonna finish up with some midfield chat because. That's what everyone wants to talk about. Forget the football. Let's talk midfielders. Far ado of a couple of ads I have to read out. Um, these help us to bring you content for absolutely free. So we read them out on every show. It takes about two or three minutes. Calm is ourselves. Um, that's your warning. Okay. First one is better help. Um, a lot of us um, know someone, or indeed ourselves, um, that help need help at certain stages in life and could deal with someone to talk to. BetterHelp is an online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat, chat-only therapy sessions, so you don't have to uh, see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable um, than face-to-face therapy as well, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Um, our listeners get 10% off for their first month at BetterHelp, um, go to betterhelp.com forward slash day trippers. And I think that's a really important one because, you know, yourself, others, you might know somebody that's a bit down, needs to talk. BetterHelp might be a good spot for you to go to. Um, IP Vanish. Um, IP Vanish is long running on this channel. Um, Matt done the best um, 
IP vanish rate of all time the other night to the point where we're we think we're going to get them to make a video where we can just play it on every show but we haven't <laughs> done it yet uh, but IP vanish is a VPN that helps protect you your security your password your data and all that sort of stuff while online and um, it can also mask your location and stuff like that to keep everything safe and sound rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot and available across all your devices phone tablets laptops um, fire sticks, whatever it might be. You can check out IP Vanish at ipvanish.com forward slash day trippers and you will get 70% off. I looked up today, it's about $29 for the year. For can I put in on that, Gav? Yeah. I bought IP Vanish the other day. Right. I paid oh, right. for it. Did you get $38? Um, I did, yeah, $38. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Um, Walk I, I needed a VPN, so I said, right, well, I had one that ran out, so I said, mm-hmm. I would said, I'd have a look and try this one. Yeah. And it's it's good. Yeah. It's easily easily downloadable. You just put the app on wherever you want, and um, it just works off that. Uh, yeah, very good. We highly recommend it. 4.65 out of 5, I'd give it just to push that score up slightly. Okay. So, uh, Did you rate? Yeah, no, it's very good. Trust pilot and give it no, a rate. Yeah. I'll give her a rating. Yeah, Are you could you in Clara Larry and no internet. I was in Clara, yeah, no reception. <laughs> IP Vanish was not good to me there. But, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you need internet. If you were that. anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but no, it's very good. Well worth, well worth if I told Yeah, look, I looked it up today because I do say it's 70% off. It's 30, 30 days when you got back guarantee. But I actually went on the link today to get the price. It was $38.44, I think it was, which works out euros is about the same, isn't it now? It's maybe the same, yeah, more or less. Um, yeah. We're matched the same as the, the dollar now, which is absolutely insane. The last one is Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus have exclusive rights to the Champions League this season. Um, nine months of all the all the goals, all the games, 90 minutes, injury time, extra time, away goals, whatever it might be. Watch every match in the group stage right through the knockout rounds. Um, as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title against the likes of Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, PSG, Barcelona and more in football's biggest competition. Don't miss a single second of it with Paramount+. Plus. Um, stream every match of the UEFA Champions League starting from the 6th of September. Head to Paramount+. Plus. Hold on, is that available in Ireland? Yeah, you can get it. Paramount+, Plus, yeah. yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. And it has a live, like? Yeah, stream it live on Paramount+. Plus. That's great. With IP vanished. With IP vanished. Yeah. So you and your therapist, you and your therapist could literally get on the phone, (laughs) check into IP vanished, knock on the Champions League, and by the end of it, everyone would be in great form. Like IP vanished and Paramount Plus are fucking Gerard and Torres. I'm so long getting it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. And remember, listen. Um, if you go on there and you are giving a rating to IB Vanish, make sure you give it 4.7, will you, just to make up for Keith, who forgot to, to give the rating. So there you go. That'll I'll get the as well. I, 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 how much is Paramount Plus a month? Um, I don't know how much it is, but Paramount Plus tell me they have all the games from start to finish in the Champions League. So there you go. Check it out. Well, he could have at least given you a fucking price to shower well, yes. charlatans. Jesus Darius Christ. Darius said he got uh, it in, and it's no joke. Darius, how much is it in the chat there? He said he has Paramount Plus. How much is he paying? Game I also says call, call, call for pricing details is yeah. what he's going to put. Yeah. <laughs> it's never a good sign when you have to call to get the price. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get on to it. Um, we're going to finish up this because we're at one hour and 10 minutes. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. $10 is what Darius is coming back with. Wow. $10 what? A month? I would say a month. Yeah. Lifetime. Yeah. So there you yeah. go. Um, midfield. Let's go to our midfield and let's talk about it. Uh, look. 
there's been a lot said about this midfield stuff. Um, it's probably the one thing now that's kind of got me on social media where I go, I just can't fucking listen to this anymore. It's absolutely done my fucking head in. Um, the, the way I've seen the midfield thing is, I think everyone across the Liverpool fan base, a massive amount of us, have said since early doors, a midfielder is needed here. We need to make one signing in midfield. Okay? Um, and I've seen stuff like, oh, fucking FSG getting slammed and this getting slammed. Klopp comes out during the week and says, look, I was the one that kind of beat out a midfielder. Um, I was probably a bit wrong. Most a lot of people were right, and we'll start to look at bringing in a midfielder. So Klopp's going to come out and put that one to bed. Um, loads of names being linked. All I want to ask you three is very two simple, very simple questions. One: Do you think Liverpool will make a signing by eleven o'clock on towards the evening when the window slams shut? And two: Who do you think it will be, or who would you like it to be? So probably two and a half questions there. Matt, I let you go first. Ah, uh, uh, I don't think we will. Oh well, I don't think we're going to sign any. I don't think we're. I said this on Thursday. I can't change my opinion in three days. Okay. I don't think we will. I just think it's too late. I think we're going to have a few bodies back, and Klopp would rather have five guys that know what they're doing than you know, four guys that know what they're doing and two guys that haven't really learned the system yet and you can't rely on them to be in the positions he needs them to be in. Our system's too important. Like, we we can't just have free radicals. You can't just throw a Bruno Fernandez into our team and say, you know, play around him. It doesn't work like that. So uh, I don't think we will. Who I would like to see signed, I would love to see Frankie de Jong signed just for the fucking piss that it takes out of the Manx. I just think that would be hilarious. That they chased him so hard because you know they'd all change their minds and it would be sour grapes and they'd all have to say we didn't even want him in the first place when there's a month long just soap opera played out in public over how hard they tried to get Frankie De Jong. But uh, yeah, and, and if there's a realistic one, I still think Tielemans is the realistic one. Okay, Tielemans of course in his last year's the deal, twenty to twenty five million I think is the one. Brian Murphy's one say uh, so I see it off in Brighton. Keep my back you up on that now in a minute, Shawnee. Do you think one happens by Thursday? And if it does, who do you think it will be? Or who would you like it to be? Yeah, I think they will get one, yeah. Um, I don't know how it's going to be, though. I, I, I think it's going to be Sanderberg. No, actually, I, I don't. It's not Sanderberg. No, it's not him. I don't know. Would though. you take him? Like, no. I would. No. I would, yeah. He's at Sheffield United 18 months since he left the fucking league. And nobody's touched him. He was injured. Ah, Six for five. Anyway. No. Just, I think they will get one. That's all I'll say. There's been too much noise. The ones that are being linked with those that Liverpool players, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Neves is not a Liverpool player. He does tournaments. No. I just don't think they're... The engines to play for Liverpool. I don't Antikos, know. Anticos is breaking news. United and Chelsea have given up on signing Frankie De Jong. Mm. I think we will get someone. I do. Who would you like it to be, Shawnee? I would have liked Paquette. Um, I think it would have been like a wild card. Um, I think Koisaida is, is an interesting one. I haven't much much of him, but when I have seen him, he has looked good. Um, I know everyone's going on about Yaman's injury record, but Conrad Lehmann makes sense as well because he's versatile. Um, look, they might they might do something like 
a Conrad Lamer and not this not quite disregard his injury record, but just know that he'll be available for them games and you can throw him in. You can even play right back as well. And I know he's available for sure because the talk is Leipzig do kinda of want to sell him, but they uh <laughs> they says. they just don't want to sell him. They just don't want to sell him to, uh, to Bayern Munich. Yeah. So yeah. Um Hudson's crowd okay, I never ain't LFC level, but okay, there is that two different players, mate. That's that's my take on it. Uh we don't need own book reckon Sanderberg will come in, never kick a ball and be sold for a profit to Spartan he on. Could happen, yeah, but like look, from what I've seen in Neves, I don't think he's mobile enough to play for Liverpool. Um the reason why Hendo and the likes have looked shite the last couple of weeks is because the legs seem to be going a little bit. You need to have it in your fucking legs if you're gonna play for Liverpool. Um I just don't think uh I, I it's just my opinion. I just don't think Neves are team and suit Liverpool. I think if they did we would have bought them ages ago because they've been on the market the whole time. Hundred percent. And that and that's yeah. just the way I see it. Um so even what's that lad Silkic of Salzburg could be one where they looked at who knows? They might even I tell you one thing, I watched Celtic today and I was really fucking impressed by a few of their midfielders. Tatata you like, don't you? Yeah, he's brilliant. He's yeah. dead. Like, and I think like I genuinely think you need to realise that I don't I hate the fucking Twitter speak, but there is a club tax of him taking these players who are ready to go to the next level and bring them to the next level. Um so yeah. Be interested to see. I think I will say one thing though. Having watched them from the start of the season, I think we missed. I think everyone missed about where fucking Bruno Guimaraes because he's fucking deadly. Yeah, how with the Newcastle squad today? Um, away way it was. I think he's picked up a knock. When people seen him out, they were like, "Oh, what's going on here?" But um, no, I think he's picked up a knock. I think he's he might be doubtful for uh, the Liverpool match on Wednesday as well. But we'll learn more on a couple of Newcastle players that are missing during the week. Um, Keith. Do we sign one? Who would you like? Who do you think he'll be? I think we sign one, yeah. Um, the, the change in tact from Klopp, the tone is different now. The journalists are all saying they're actively going for it, that they own it, that they own it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Henry Winter little bombshell the other day that he looks forward to Bellingham next season at Liverpool, I think that has to be taken with a little bit of a... Um, a reality that something's going to happen there. Do you know what I mean? I think there's, if Henry Winter, who was highly connected with the England camp, is saying that, I think he's the chief reporter, is he, for England? And he's yeah. always the sort of cheerleader for the English lads. <laughs> the FA is um, yeah. reporter. Yeah. I think there's something in the Jude Bellingham to Liverpool next season. I agree with everything Shani just said there, not being too, <laughs> trying not to be too bored. And, you know, everyone accuses us on this channel of being samey, samey. But yeah, dead right. Yuri Telemans and Ruben Neves are not mobile enough for Liverpool. They're great at spanking them from outside the box. It might be something different. But ultimately, I don't think. Frankie de Jong, Frankie de Jong's a great player, but Frankie de Jong would have to have his wages and he'd still be one of our top earners. So I can't see that being a runner either. Caicedo, I think, is too hard to get out of Brighton now at this stage. But I think... Caicedo is I think they'll do Caicedo and Bellingham next summer that's what I think Liverpool oh. would do that's you, you think, think they'll Liverpool do both do. of them next summer yeah I think they'll have to yeah and, so I think they, and one this summer and one this summer yeah right so so 
Who, who? I'm bringing in Conrad Loimer, as Shawnee said. I think you have to. Someone said he's only missed eight games for, in two years. Yeah, Loimer's deadly. He's very versatile and nah, he can play he a lot. A good what he's age? And he's. And I think you bring him in and he becomes, he's only 20, I think he's only about 25, is he? 24, 26. Yeah, yeah. So he's got a lot, a lot of years left in him. But he's a player that covers a lot of positions and he becomes, you know, a, nearly a Swiss Army knife in the squad where you use him where you need him. Um, I don't think he impacts what we will be looking to do with the midfield overall. I, I, I think people expecting a, a blockbuster signing. It's not Put it this way, I think if we signed Lima this window, that's your that's your way of basically saying you're you're Milner now. Yeah. You're gonna 100%. play more games because he's yeah. he's don't get me wrong, like he's it's hard to say this without kinda putting putting Milner down, but he'd be definitely more useful to us than Milner is because you'd be able to use him a lot more. Like Kieran B yeah. is a great shout there. Like for me, one player that see I'm I'm not like Fucking, I don't like the FIFA thing of shouting out players that I've never really seen playing. But John McGinn would be fucking brilliant for us. Everyone mocked it, didn't they? Yeah, John, like and people laughed at. It. And it was, do you remember? Like, remember when we were linked with Jared Bowen and everyone going, "He's fucking wank," and then he's playing yeah. torch the league last year. And you'd have him now. Amazing, he didn't actually move in the summer. I think John McGinn's a brilliant player. Owen Bork reckons Lamer will sign for Bayern for free in twenty twenty three. But he that's could what do. Leipzig. That's what Leipzig are worrying about. They won't sell him to Bayern, so that's why he's in the last year. So it all depends on does Leimer fancy the move of going to work with Klopp and Liverpool? It's a big, yeah. big opportunity. Do you Laura know what Duffy I mean? It's not it, like he's slumming it. But Laura Duffy says if Leimer comes in, who doesn't get registered? Yeah, I don't think that. I don't think that's an issue. To be honest with you, no, um, yeah. I think, and I think that's I think that's only for the Champions League. I believe we have spots for two non-homegrown players in the Premier League yeah. squad, but the yeah. difference in the UEFA and Premier League rules on homegrown yeah. means that we've got a completely full twenty-five man Champions League squad right now. And to add a non-homegrown, you'd have to not register somebody. I and think. I think Ox, if, Ox has to be registered. Ox. I think if they bring one in, yeah. I I think if they bring one in by Thursday, I think you could possibly see Naby Keita leave the club by Wednesday Thursday. I think that's the yeah. one that's thrown Klopp over the edge. I think. Yeah, I, genuinely I, I think that's the one. Yeah, I, I think that's the I one where I think that's one where he's looked and went, "Oh, for fuck!" I'm at the talent level when you're 100, percent and now you're for fucking. There's another muscle injury, and I think that might be the one off the back of that where Klopp's gone. You know what? That was my last trade. I was hanging on by with this midfield. I have to go with something. For me, they'll definitely sign some before the window because the worst thing that could happen, and it would verge on inexcusable. Um, is if they came to Thursday or Friday morning, we're all sitting here after window closing. He said, "We tried, but we couldn't get that done." I think that would be like some of the worst words that could come out for anyone um, from the club in the last few years if that happens on Friday. Uh, the the fact that he said it, he's not for me. He's not saying that just off the off the cuff. Something's gone on, and he said, right, "I'm comfortable enough to say this because we're so far down the line with somebody." Um, who would I like it to be? <sighs> Conor Gallagher off Chelsea. I keep going back to him. I think I think he's absolutely ripe for the picking at Chelsea. He's sent off the other day because they're playing him in a position that just doesn't suit him. He's the right age. He's two years experience in the Premier League. He's all he's an eye for goal. He's a great engine. He's a really good footballer. He's technically good. I think he thrive on the Jurgen Klopp. And I think we should, Liverpool should absolutely test the resolve. 
especially if the rumours going around that Newcastle and Everton have looked at him, which means that he may be available. I think Liverpool should. Who do I think it'll be? I don't know. Because I'm afraid to actually think who it might be, as opposed to who I wanted to be. Because <laughs> I could see something fucking mad happening where we make a loan sign and you're gone. What's that what? young fella of Celtics now? Matt O'Reilly. Wouldn't be surprised. He's one that I'd be watching as well. Freddie. Mm. And, and I, the thing is, people are screaming, just a mid, give me a midfielder, give me a midfielder, nah, give I don't me know. a midfielder. And if when you sign him, when they, they thought they weren't getting on, they were taking anything, they were fucking offered. Yeah. And now that they know there's a chance of winning, bringing them one in, that, that they want the young and nothing. Get yeah. off the fucking stage, will you? It's ridiculous. You need a exactly. reality check. Well, look, a lot of people there are saying Chelsea won't sell to us. Uh, Gallagher doesn't move. Uh, uh, doesn't move, Jake. Um, but I, I just, I just like to look at Gallagher. No, he's not. He plays for Chelsea. But when he when he signs to Liverpool, he will be. And I just think. The type of profile he is, he sealed us. Oh, I think he is, yeah. I, I actually think, I don't know, it might sound a bit mad, but the engine he has, the aggression he has, the ground he can cover, screams of a younger version of Ronaldo. Screams of someone that you could actually make into that sort of malt that Liverpool could go and do. And But I think he has, he just has that eye for goal as well. Um, O'Reilly only joined Celtic in January, so on Conway from MK Dons, I think it was. Um, mm. But that's who I think, who I think it will be, once it's not Sanderberg, fuck that. No, I'm not having that. not bad. I don't give a fuck. He was in the Can Premier he? League. He's in the Championship for a year, over the year now, and no one's gone near him. No. Um, Injured. Well, then definitely it's, not. I, I was surprised Sanderberg wasn't the yearly Liverpool buys a player from a relegation team when Sheffield went down. Because yeah. he impressed me when they in that last season they had in the Premier League. I thought he stood out in that midfield. He looked like a big unit getting around in there. And for me, when we didn't go for him, like, huh? yeah. For me, what's going to be a big thing now? Be bringing a midfielder, like, just my my opinion. I think it's going to have to be someone who can do the six and maybe. the eight. Maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I, I think that's what they will look to do because it's and that's why Frank not like, Young probably comes into the reckoning. Yeah, the Young yeah, can't play in six. He needs to get out. He of play, it. Yeah, but he plays. He plays deep. Well, he plays deep in it too. Uh, at point, at Ajax. Um, with Van der Beek ahead of him that year, and he's fucking brilliant. But that's why I think his name has popped up. Um, I've seen I've seen uh, Royce's from West Ham um, name pop up, but that'd be absolutely mental money, and I'm still not convinced on him. Nah, he's deadly. Boys, um, he's deadly. He's the real deal. Not convinced on him. Um, I think he's fucking class. But honestly, listen. I think that. I think that I was I was a I was someone who was like vehemently against him being a hundred million player. Now it maybe even now it is a bit rich, but from what I've watched from the last two years, he's fucking class. The, the, the did last I, season. Why didn't United season. go get him? A lot of people. Why didn't United spend sixty on a thirty-one-year-old Casemiro yeah. instead? Of I think I think West Ham there. I think West Ham nailed him down with making him club captain. Said, look, he's not going this year, and yeah. that's that's yeah. the guy on the show. I think he's fucking brilliant, and I don't think Chelsea he would have pushed for a move to United. I don't have to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I think he's class. I think Len- he's really, really good. Lennon says, if we sign Sanderberg, I'll personally lead a process at Anfield against their owner. Oh, look, I just, I, I listen. I, I just no, I can't get behind the Sanderberg thing at all. Um, <laughs> So Emma Cavanagh says, are we all going to call them St. Gary? Sign the new contract. Didn't make the Champions League, though. I think that could be a big thing where they just go, didn't make the Champions League, there's a lot of money. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you probably could do that. And that's why Silkic, I don't think, will be sort of one that we'll look at now. I think when Salzburg are knocked out of the Champions League, their players, because they, they do business in January. Do you know what I mean? So I think they're, you know, that could be one to watch. But, you know, there's a lot of players that will be linked with Liverpool. There's a fucking ridiculous amount of players that are linked with Liverpool. And, you know, what we will do could be absolutely something that blindsides us all. You know, Coisado was one that I think suits us down to the ground in the sense that I think he does the six and the eight. And I think he's aggressive. And I think he's one that he's only 20 and you can sort of mould and, and build him up. He's absolutely brilliant. And I just think, you know, the the player, it can't just be any player. I agree with Shawnee with the six and eight thing. So bringing in a suit. Yeah, the six and eight thing is a, is a good show. Yeah, or, or even a Paquette is getting a lot. Johnny got a bit of stick for saying Paquette, but he presses like fuck. Even though he's a, an attacking player, he does press. So they need to have that that sort of in their makeup rather than a, a Tielemans or a, or a Neves. Look, we could sign Tielemans and Neves and cheerleading about them next week because they'll be looking for their qualities but genuinely I don't think they suit it so I think it'll be interesting to see I think they will do one I think if there wasn't a good chance of doing that, one they wouldn't have mentioned it Tillman's are never signed for us they're going to need a fucking pre-season they'll be on yeah. fucking ventilators at yeah, half yeah. an hour playing yeah. Yeah. Never mind that's, yeah. that's the truth the fucking oxygen tanks at the side of the pitch won't they yeah, be um, like Anderson yeah. that time when he got whipped off never mind you had a neveloiser yeah. on yeah. Yeah. yeah, like your man out of Breaking Bad what's his name the blading little fella in the oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Ding, yeah ding, your ding, man yeah. Um, oh what was his no name spoilers. in it it's funny watching clips Salama- Salamanca Salamanca Hector Salamanca is it not Tuco no Tuco that's his that's his crazy kid yeah but listen I'm sure. So, Bob, here's of- an idea. What was the answer? Tila, or was was the answer Basuma? And he had to go and be a fucking idiot. <sighs> yeah, do you know what? Price, Basuma would have been price age, experience, versatility, mm. athleticism, and a dickhead. Fuck! What a waste. Yeah, yeah maybe, yeah. maybe he like maybe it, he fell at the last hurdle because he's a bit mental, but and had things. Yeah thrown against them and I don't know I don't even know where that is at the minute I don't know where that's uh, yeah it could be I don't know but maybe Liverpool looked at it no but you know Spurs took that not gamble I suppose Spurs probably looked into it deeply Um, but maybe when you see what Klopp is saying about the right player it probably applies to all those that have gone before as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, he's decided now he wants one, but he's missed out on all these five. Them five probably weren't even on his list. You know what I mean? He does come out with some absolute curveballs with signings at times where you go, oh, well, he, he's a cop player. Right, okay. Um, you know, Wijnaldum is probably one of the biggest. Wijnaldum was playing as a 10 for Newcastle and then comes in and you just go, listen, you're playing in midfield and you're going to run around as a maddie. So it's it's one of those. But look, I'm sure loads will happen over the next couple of days. The window closes at 11pm on Thursday. We will have the viewer's voice on Thursday and it will be the last hour of the transfer window where we will discuss what's going on. We will discuss um, what's happened across the league with regards to transfers as well. For the rest of the week tomorrow, winners and losers. Um, Tuesday... Don't know if we have anything to choose. We might do a midweek fix and preview the Newcastle game. That's what we'll do. Wednesday, we'll have the post match um, for Newcastle. Thursday, of course, the viewer's voice and the transfer window. Friday, the Premier League forecast. Uh, Saturday, we'll have full time Reds after the Derby. We're on early, aren't we? Saturday. And Sunday, we'll be back here for the Fatback Four. Matt, anything else before we go? No, not at all. Fun show. Good stuff. 
Um, Shawnee, um, anything else before we go? No, all good, all good. Would you like to? Would you like to retract some of your statements about Trent Alexander Arnold, or do you want to stick to them? What statements? Just that he's shy. I, be- I believe you called Trent Alexander Arnold tenuous. Scum of the air. Described him as tenuous. <laughs> Scum of the air. No, I, I didn't. No. I just think. Like, fucking, money messing. <laughs> I just think now. What? Yeah. I love. I love Trent. I think he's had a massively blown out of proportion. I just think. <laughs> uh, all I said was it annoyed me a little bit. He was throwing his hands up in the air, going. Oh, and loads agree with you. Did. In fairness, loads no, agree. agree. Loads agree. But anything else before we go, Sean? Is there any anything you need to say? Anything? No. 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 All good. Fine. Shout. Good. Uh, um, another Sunday the, the weeks are just fucking flying by now and it's literally now we're in I can't breathe there's too much football territory now yeah. with loads going on isn't yeah yeah and I'm gonna fucking and we're going into winter yeah and um, there's a problem with energy and stuff like that so I'll, 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 before I forget if if you're using light bulbs in your house and you want to save on energy this is the advice I heard on the radio yesterday Corn them off take half the light bulbs out of your house that's the one forced bit of advice. Don't be lashing loads of lights on the Christmas tree. Right? Strim it all back. And don't be wearing shorts around the gaff in December. Wear a jumper. Wear trousers. So that that's the fucking advice we're getting in this country because there might be an energy shortage. Um, that that paid all this money. Minister Lyon, was it? Ah, fucking don't know. It was probably someone from the Green Party. You know them. Um, but like, when you say, like, someone more, because I'm fucking... I'm dumb as a bag of, bag, bag of rocks. Somebody's already now. Like, how can that be an energy shortage? You ring the ESP. Have you any more of that electricity? Nah, none there, chief. No, there's no energy like, shortage. What's happened is because Russia have invaded the Ukraine. Yeah, they've they'll tell you now that oh, we, we not tell you that we got all our stuff from Russia and Ukraine. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna lamp the prices up, right? And we're gonna throw a load of fear into you, and you'll. You still use as much, and you'll pay fucking three times the amount, and then we'll just get on with it. That's that's basically what it is, Shani. So you listen. I still throw everything on in the house at the same time that I always did. You know, uh, I'm going back to fucking Carrigan Shannon, uh, wherever yeah. I was last year. Yeah, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, yeah. Carrigan Shannon was a great <laughs> spot last year. Actually, yeah, I'm getting out of here. Keith, anything else before we go? Now, nothing, Gav. Enjoy tonight. Um, after a great win, do you know what I mean? It's it's been tough so far this season, but yeah, it's good to get back on and talk about the red. So now, nothing. Good stuff. Um, use candles back. as well during the summer or during the winter. Buy a lot of candles. That's the latest thing as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> Eamon Ryan said, "If you are cold, put your hands around the kettle when you are making a cup of tea." <laughs> right yeah. now, the funny thing is the kettle. Is one of the most expensive things in your gaff to use, but he's telling you to put your hands around the kettle. There you go, Eamon Ryan. Um, he didn't tell you to heat the kettle, did he? Just no, put your just put your hands around, around it, pretend it's warm. Um, yeah. you know, but listen, before we go, Bobby's wish to walk is on screen. Bobby Smith, age seven, um, suffers with the same, um, issue that Sienna did. Um, he needs 150,000 euros to go to America to have the treatment that will change his life forever. Um, He's very close to it. He's we're in we're in twenty five grand of the total now. So the link is in the description. Yeah, we're on one twenty eight, so there's twenty two to go. Um the link is in the description if you want to donate. Please do so if you can. If you can't, take that link, copy it, paste it, send it to your friends, your family, whatever. And you know, I do see things on Facebook like um instead of birthday presents this year, you can donate to this. If you want to do something like that, do it. And you know, 
you think 150 quid isn't a massive difference. Trust me, it is when there's only 22 grand to go. So check out Bobby's Wish to Walk in the description. And if we can get up to 150 grand ASAP, that would be amazing. Thanks to Shani. Thanks to Keith. Thanks to Matt. Thanks to everyone in the chat. There's been loads of you and your comments have been amazing. Um, I've been Gav. That's been the Fatback 4. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.